When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to EcoChic. My name is Laura Diaz. It is really nice to have you here today. The weather is just starting to get a little crispy in Colorado, so I hope you are having a nice transition into fall. I feel like I've been seeing so much content the last couple of weeks around like preparing for fall in some way, like getting ready to watch a lot of Gilmore Girls and getting ready for Halloween, getting your home cozy, like getting pajamas for this time of year, candles, like really setting the mood for fall for cozy season. I feel like I probably think more often than other people about not just conscious consumption, but conscious purchasing around like trends. The example of this fall content I just gave may be a little bit silly, but but like I know that I don't need to buy into these trends of buying new sweaters or blankets or candles or whatever it is because I have all of that stuff from last fall. And if you want stuff, I'm not saying like you can't buy stuff because you want it, but if you are feeling some pressure from outside forces to buy things that you don't really need, or the internet is making you believe that you need this staple item or this basic item as you're going into a new season, you need to build up your fall wardrobe in some way, that's when we have to be a little bit more cautious. I'm excited about today's episode because we're talking today about free shipping and returns, which is actually something that I think about all the time, and I cannot believe we've never done a standalone episode on EcoChic about this concept. In the era of online shopping that we're currently living in, the convenience of free shipping and returns has really become a standard exception for consumers. This, of course, was not always the case. The era of free shipping and free returns really came into power, really became the norm as Amazon Prime became the norm. So there are giants online e-commerce businesses that have really conditioned us to believe that the perk of free shipping and free returns should be a standard and it should come at no additional cost. However, of course, there's no such thing as a free lunch. There is always going to be a cost with something that's labeled as free. And the cost of free shipping and free returns is far beyond just the price tag. I think this is interesting because I'm thinking of my own consumer behavior in this situation. So for example, if a store has free shipping and returns, I am more likely to purchase something especially something that I'm on the fence about. Also thinking about my own consumer behavior, I'd assume that free shipping and free returns drive up sales and support a customer experience that's a little bit more positive, arguably a better customer experience than what I assume it would be if the customer had to pay for returns. And sure enough, I looked it up. The research shows that free returns specifically drive up sales. Now, again, of course, these returns are not truly free. There are some costs baked into these things. Now, this stat blew my mind. In 2022, U.S. consumers returned 16.5% of merchandise purchases, which cost retailers an estimated $816 billion in lost revenue. This, again, this absolutely blew my mind. Someone is absorbing that lost, quote-unquote, $816 billion in revenue. 
I want to quickly further set the scene with a little clip from a TED Talk given in 2017 by Aparna Mehta, who was at the time the Vice President of Global Customer Solutions at UPS. Retailers are scrambling to recover their losses. They try to place that returned item online to be sold again, or they'll sell it to a discount partner or a liquidator. Basically, if companies cannot find a place for this item quickly and economically, its place becomes the trash. Suddenly, I felt very guilty for being that shopper, somebody who contributes to this. Who would have thought my innocent shopping behavior would be hurting not only me, but our planet as well? And as I thought about what to do, I kept thinking. Why does the item have to be returned to the retailer in the first place? Aparna Mehta goes on to share ideas on secondhand shopping models and how AI could support customer-to-customer shopping experiences. But I feel like that question, why does this item need to be returned in the first place, almost needs a primer. Like, why do we have this cognitive dissonance as consumers around ordering things that we don't truly love, much less things that we don't truly need? Why is this Amazon Prime two-day free shipping model setting the norm for other online retailers? Do consumers even realize that their returns are not truly free? I heard this TED Talk for the first time, deep, deep pandemic, like May of 2020 while I was living alone, and I went down this spiral of research around free shipping and free returns. So again, this is something I think about often because I think that there are so many nuanced related issues to this concept of free shipping and free returns that the general public intentionally does not know about. When we talk about e-commerce giants, when we talk about the Amazon Prime models of the internet today, there's a reason that we don't talk about the cost of free shipping and free returns. So I really do hope that today's conversation can attempt in some capacity to uncover what it means for shipping and returns to be free. Like what is the true cost of these environmental impacts of the contributions to waste in the consumer economy and of course where these costs are hidden within the supply chain. Quick break to tell you about Factor. The fall season is fully in swing and we are all busier than ever. Maybe you're back in school, maybe your kids are back in school, everyone's back in the office after some summer breaks, there is a lot going on and you deserve wholesome convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Factor meals are fresh, never frozen, and ready in just two minutes. You can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, they're dietitian approved and they're delivered right to your door. There's a factor meal for whatever your lifestyle. There's lunch to go options, which are effortless wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers. And you can also level up with their gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs with ingredients like truffle, broccolini, leeks, asparagus. And with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. There's no prep, there's no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash ecochic50 and use code ecochic50 to get 50% off. That's code ecochic50 at factormeals.com slash ecochic50 to get 50% off. Now, because this is an eco-conscious podcast, let's first talk about the environmental impacts of free shipping and free return policies. It might seem like a win-win for consumer. I know how attractive it sounds, free shipping and returns. I acknowledge that I am a consumer that's attracted by these offers, but the environment is very often what bears the brunt of these free shipping and free return offers. I feel like the most visible place to start is shipping. 
Shipping products over long distances, of course, is going to incur some serious carbon emissions, which we know contribute to climate change. And speed definitely adds to the emissions associated with these experiences. So this desire we have for really quick deliveries, this two-day free delivery model, often leads to expediting shipping, which further exacerbates the environmental footprint. It's more intense emissions over a shorter period of time. Additionally, we have to think about the packaging that all of these items are coming in. This excessive packaging that's being used to ensure that items are arriving both in good condition and in a short period of time generates an unbelievable mountain of waste, much of which is non-recyclable. So very often items that come in cardboard boxes, we cannot always fully recycle because they're wrapped in tape and that tape is a plastic and there's a lot of little things that you have to consider. Now you can look out for this if you're receiving boxes in the mail. There are tape options that are like paper tape with smaller paper wires or reinforcements within them. So it still has some glue as it is real tape, but now you can fully throw away or recycle that cardboard box because it is completely a paper product. So there are ways that the waste can at least go into the recycling stream, but recycling is not a perfect system. We've talked before about how there are some markets in the U.S. that aren't really supportive of recycling because it's a really financially intensive process. It's a really resource intensive process. So recycling is not the best way to deal with our trash. In fact, it's about dealing with it at the source. It's about reducing the amount of waste we have in the first place, reducing the amount of waste that we have to recycle in the first place. But the recycling economy is like a whole different rabbit hole we're going to go down today. But we have to recognize that the more that is being shipped, the more packaging, the more waste we are associating with this free shipping and free return norm. And all of these things are true in the one way. So you are ordering something, whatever you're ordering will always have some emissions associated with it for being shipped. It's always going to have some packaging associated with it. But remember, in this conversation, we're thinking about the reverse as well. When we're talking about how easy it is to ship and return, the reverse is also true. So the reverse logistics of shipping and returns are also problematic. Each returned item will very often go through several phases of transportation before it's restocked, if it's restocked, resulting in a really significant increase in those carbon emissions as well. So the returns are typically associated with more emissions than the initial shipping. Now, what I was just alluding to is very often returned items may not be suitable for resale, which leads them to disposal, which leads them to clearance sales, which leads them to liquidation stores, all of which are contributing to waste. If there is not an efficient and economic way for a company to kind of immediately restock your item, it is going into the trash. The most economic and efficient way to deal with the item that you're returning is sending it to a landfill. Which brings me to my next major bucket of information I wanna talk about today, waste in the consumer economy. Free shipping and free returns obviously have fueled a culture of excessive consumption. We're living in a time where it's never been easier to buy things online. We've never been pushed more products as consumers, especially in a world where we're consuming so much short form content. There's never been more opportunity for advertisement for pushing products. And as a result of these free shipping and free return policies, it's never been easier for us to just mindlessly spend. But that means that businesses are also dealing with a lot of returns. And like I just mentioned, if there's not an efficient way, an economic way for them to immediately restock that item, it's not just sitting around until someone can get to it. It's going to a landfill. 
Every year, 4 billion pounds of returned clothing are sent to landfills. I'm not even talking about any other merchandise. I'm not talking about anything else you can buy online. Just clothing, 4 billion pounds every single year is sent to a landfill. Usable clothing, that's clothing that has been returned under a free return policy. When I first learned this, I was really, really shocked, but it kind of makes sense when we think about consumer behavior in online shopping as well. Because when a consumer is not incurring a cost from a return, they're more likely to return. Consumers are more likely to engage with what is called online wardrobing or bracket shopping. So you're buying multiple sizes or multiple different variations of a product with the intention of returning what doesn't work for you. So maybe you're between sizes, you order two sizes right next to each other and then just plan on returning whatever the other one is. Maybe there are two dresses that are one's blue and one's red and you don't know which one you want and you're returning the one that you end up not wanting. Shopping like this, bracket shopping, wardrobe shopping, ends up with more perfectly good items being discarded because you're not the only consumer that shops this way. This is an extremely common way to online shop. So just the sheer volume of returned items puts a lot of pressure on retailers to find a solution for these backlogged items, which again, very often means that they're putting unsellable items in landfills, sometimes incinerators. There's a lot of really interesting gossip online about like especially luxury brands that burn their items so that they're not resold. I can link some articles in the show notes if you want to look into brands that have been caught in some scandals putting returned perfectly good clothing through incinerators. But the bottom line is if there's not an easy way for them to deal with an item, this is the easy way for them to deal with all of these items that are getting returned. And this shopping habit of bracket shopping, of wardrobe shopping is just one way that we are shopping. So under that model, you're assuming that you want this product. So you want to make sure it fits. You're buying two of the same item. But on the flip side, there's also this expectation of consumers to shop more mindlessly because we have this expectation of free returns. Maybe there's an item that you're not considering and you're like, oh, well, if it gets here and I like it, I'll keep it. There's unfortunately this positive feedback loop between overconsumption and free returns and shipping. You're buying something that you don't really care about because you believe that you can return it. And the more returns that go back lead to more stuff being sent to the landfill. In this consumer economy, it's not like retailers are going to sell less because they're getting returns. So you're continuing to buy, you're continuing to overconsume because you feel this kind of lazy fair consumer attitude. We've come to believe that it's within our rights as a consumer to find something we like and to get it shipped to us for free. So one thing didn't work for you, even if you weren't that crazy about it, you're more likely to go back and keep looking for something and maybe there's another version of it somewhere else or another size of it somewhere else and you're just going to continue to buy and return and the returns, you think you're doing them in good faith, but they're not actually getting returned or bought by another person. And of course, all of this depends on you remembering to make the return. A lot of overconsumption, a lot of these e-commerce models depend on you buying something that you don't really like because it is low cost and then just holding on to it, not making that return. But again, even if you do make the return, there's no promise that someone else is ever going to try that item, whether or not they really like it. Quick break to tell you about Caraway. Fall is a hectic time with back to school, back to work, back to everything. I have some travel coming up. Things are hectic, but I like to cozy up whenever I can at home. So I'm getting ready for soup season. I'm making all my chilies. 
when I'm cooking, it needs to be easy and it needs to work for me. So Caraway's nonstick kitchenware makes cooking an absolute breeze because cleanup is easier than ever. I am really picky about what comes into my home, especially what comes into my kitchen, what's touching my food. A nonstick chemical-free ceramic coating means that food can be prepared with peace of mind that there are no weird, hard to pronounce chemicals leaching into your healthy ingredients. And also Caraway just released the Caraway Prep Set, 10 essential knives and utensils designed for chopping better, prepping cleaner, and storing easier. Right now I'm probably using my large fry pan and Dutch oven the most. I use the small fry pan all the time for things like over easy eggs because I don't need any oil and it's really easy again to clean up with that slick surface. The large fry pan, however, is perfect for making big batches of, for example, like fried rice when I'm doing a kitchen clean out. Earlier this week, I made kind of like a knockoff curry, an inspired curry, I suppose, with all of these vegetables that I had laying around and I served it over rice and it was perfect, again, as the weather is changing here in Colorado. I'm also kind of like in this mashed potato era of my life where I boil potatoes, of course, in my caraway Dutch oven. I like to leave them a little chunky and then I put a whole bunch of spices, a lot of a dill in my mashed potatoes. And I'll be using my caraway Dutch oven tomorrow. I'm really excited for my first soup of the season. I went earlier today and got all the ingredients from the grocery store. And I am so excited that soup season is upon us. Honestly, if you've been thinking about it, it's time to check out caraway. There's a reason over 50,000 people have raved about their caraway kitchenware. Visit carawayhome.com eco to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners, so visit carawayhome.com eco or use code eco at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. I want to talk a little bit about the supply chain cost of free shipping and free returns because we talked about free shipping and free returns at the top of this episode as something that entices people to buy from retailers. So I think it's really interesting to zoom in a little bit about what's actually happening at those retailers. We've talked about the environment, we've talked about the consumer itself, but who's absorbing these costs? Now, of course, the cost of these free shipping and returns are not absorbed by the retailers alone. They're distributed throughout the supply chain. So manufacturers, suppliers, the shipping companies, everyone involved in the process of getting you your item is sharing the financial burden of these new norms. Now, if businesses are absorbing these losses, absorbing these costs, of course, this can lead to reduced profit margins for those businesses which in turn can result in cost cutting in other areas. So that means that we're seeing more underpaid labor or we're seeing compromised product quality along the supply chain. Someone is bearing the brunt of that item, not just the cost of that item, not just the low cost very often if it's an impulse purchase, but also how that product is actually getting to you. Someone has to absorb the true cost of the free shipping. Now, I think something that also makes this more interesting is that because there is so much noise in the e-commerce landscape right now, because we're being pushed more products than ever before, retailers will find some sort of like competitive edge in the online shopping landscape. So sometimes the competitive edge is free shipping and free returns. Sometimes the competitive edge is lower cost products, even if they're lower quality. There is some reason that you are choosing to buy from one retailer over another when there is so much choice online. So in order to cover the cost of this competition, very often the retailers will either 
raise their product prices without raising the quality of the product and they'll pass on those product costs to suppliers or they're going to cut corners in some other area of their operation. So in essence, the true cost of the perk of free shipping is just being distributed into various stakeholders, being distributed into various parts of the supply chain. Very often it's concealed in the consumer view because very often the consumer is just believing that like everything is poorer quality now than it was 20 years ago. And that may be true for some reasons, but very often it's also because we're demanding products at such hyper speed because we are incurring all of these costs around the shipping and returns of all of these hyper-consumed products, of course, the quality has to be compromised in some capacity. I feel like this is actually a really frustrating realization, all of this discussion around free shipping and free returns, because it's kind of a shopper's dream. It's kind of like the consumer dream come true to be able to shop without thinking about these hidden costs. We've talked a little bit about the environmental impact, of course, the degradation, the waste associated with free shipping, free returns. We've talked about this kind of disposability of consumer culture. Why do we believe we need these free shipping and free return policies? And again, what this means for larger supply chains. I think this one is really interesting to me because we talk a lot about capitalism in the conscious consumption space, especially not just on this podcast, but more largely within the sustainability space. And a reason that capitalism exists to the level it does is because we've stopped believing as consumers that we have as much choice or as much influence as we truly do. So I hope that this helps us better understand that as consumers, it's more important than ever to better understand the cost and the consequences of our choices of what we're advocating for, why it matters to shop more sustainably, more locally, more responsibly overall. And of course, this also lands on retailers. Retailers have to find some balance between both meeting the consumer expectation of the e-commerce landscape, but also minimizing the impact of these free shipping and free return policies. How can retailers more deeply think about restocking or how can we slow down the consumption or the output of certain products so that these consumer expectations can be met without as negatively impacting the environment or society as a whole? Ultimately, the cost of convenience should encompass more than just the price you pay for an item at checkout. I hope this conversation got you thinking a little bit today. Again, this is one of my favorite rabbit holes to go down. I really enjoy thinking about these things. I hope that you enjoyed thinking about this unsung issue of free shipping and free returns. And if you did learn something, if you did enjoy this episode, double check that you're subscribed to EcoChic wherever you're listening today. So that's iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, again, wherever you're listening right now. You can also follow along on social media. So that's Instagram, TikTok, everything is down below. You can send it to a friend. You can share it in the family group chat. You can share it on your Instagram story. All of that really helps me out. And you can also rate and review wherever you're listening today as well. With that, thank you so, so much for tuning in to Eco Chic. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next week. Bye.